This is On Call, a podcast by Code Blue. Health is a human right. Hello everyone, I'm Kanmani Batumalai from Code Blue. These are the headlines for the day. The government is fighting three negligence lawsuits over the deadly 2016 fire at Sultana Amina Johor Bahru Hospital on grounds they were not filed in time. The HSA director, Johor State Health Director, the Health Director General and the government cite Section 2A of the Public Authorities Protection Act 1948 that imposes a three-year statute of limitations on lawsuits or prosecution of individuals executing public duties. The government says the September 2020 lawsuits by the parents of the three patients killed in the October 2016 fire at Sultana Amina Hospital were filed beyond the three-year time limit. However, the plaintiffs argued that they were denied all information about the incident within that period that include the victim's post-mortem report, health report and the independent inquiry report on the 2016 fire incident in the public hospital. The Malaysian Health Coalition welcomes the health strategies described in the 12th Malaysia Plan and proposes some new elements to be included in the plan. HMSC asks the government to strengthen healthcare and public health infrastructure by including targeted health interventions for underserved populations like women and children, persons with disabilities and older persons. MHC calls the government to provide larger allocations for healthcare accompanied by accountable and transparent public procurement process without layers of bureaucracy to reduce the risks of corruption besides expanding universal health coverage to all residents of Malaysia. MHC also proposes that the government must consider a health reform commission created by an act of parliament and accountable to parliament to improve the effectiveness, efficiency and equity of healthcare access to all residents in Malaysia. Health experts propose that private health insurance in Malaysia should be expanded to cover and reimburse for mental health care services. This will increase access to affordable mental health care services and make Malaysia on par with many developed countries. According to the Malaysian Institute of Public Health, the number of Malaysians with anxiety, depression or other mental health conditions tripled between 1996 and 2016, now affecting 29% of all Malaysians or approximately 10 million people. The experts from Malaysian Health Coalition, Malaysian Mental Health Association, Malaysian Society of Clinical Psychology, Malaysian Health Economics Association, Health Economics and Public Health of University Kebangsaan Malaysia say people with pre-existing mental health conditions also find it difficult to get private health insurance in Malaysia. They add that people with a history of mental health conditions generally pay higher premiums to get insured and often with specific claims excluded from their policies. The expansion of mental health coverage for private insurance in Malaysia should include a wide range of mental health conditions to cover, increase the coverage sum and reduce the deductibles and co-pays with different premiums and different packages. Next, they say a variety of reimbursable and covered services including specialist consultations, psychotherapy and counselling sessions as well as medication costs should be increased in the insurance coverage. They say barriers to entry for those with 
pre-existing mental health conditions should be reduced by introducing a non-decline concept and private insurers should gradually reimburse mental health services provided by primary care providers such as general practitioners with the right credentials. The Malaysia Healthcare Travel Council is preparing for a rebound in medical tourism within the next few years as more countries scale up vaccination to reopen safely. Malaysia's medical tourism revenue is estimated to generate between 480 million ringgit and 520 million ringgit this year. MHTC Chief Executive Officer Muhammad Dawood Muhammad Arif says the Malaysia Healthcare Travel Industry Blueprint is currently being finalized and will be launched this year to guide the industry's recovery which has the potential to contribute up to 7 billion ringgit to the economy by 2025. To further foster collaborative approaches for industry recovery, this year will also see the return of Insight, the region's leading three-day medical travel market intelligence conference centered on the theme Forging Resilience which will be held virtually from November 16 to 18. MHTC also says COVID-19 vaccine tourism will further cement Malaysia's position as a safe and trusted healthcare destination as people seek to get their vaccines at a safe and trusted destination. Countries with an excess supply of vaccines would be able to use it as an opportunity to attract travellers, Muhammad Dawood says. Infectious disease expert Professor Dr. Adiba Kamarul Zaman says COVID-19 impacted the country's most vulnerable communities, namely the urban poor, migrants, refugees and prisoners. Cramped living conditions and lack of access to medical care put these individuals at higher risk of being exposed to the virus than others. She says coronavirus outbreaks in low-income flats, migrant worker dormitories and prisons point to deep inequities in society that only underlines the risks of overlooking marginalised populations. Dr. Adiba further notes that poor infrastructure at public PPR flats also exacerbated the problem in low-income households, causing many to struggle to comply with public health orders, especially to isolate themselves if they become exposed to the virus. Dr. Adiba also notes that high COVID-19 deaths in patients aged 18 to 59 were partly attributed to dietary and nutrition. Malaysia's diabetic rate is at 3.9 million or 1 in 5 adult Malaysians, while 1 in 2 adult Malaysians are overweight or obese. The government's MySajatra application identified 53% of COVID-19 cases to date through contact tracing. Health Minister Kairi Jamaluddin says another 7% of cases were identified through the app's self-assessment tool. Kairi adds hotspot identification for dynamic engagement height is still being used by the Ministry of Health and other relevant ministries and agencies such as the National Security Council. The height system identifies the probable cause of COVID-19 infection at a location. There is no cost involved in the development and implementation of height because it uses existing data in MySajatra, according to Kairi. <laughs> 